When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hours here, OutKick 360 rolls on NFL Draft coming up on Thursday. That's dominating our headlines today. The Nets are not, well, I guess they are, dominating the national headlines because they bowed out and swept despite having some of the best players in the league. I was all over that one, Gus. You're welcome for that advice. Well, I mean, I, I didn't disagree with you at all um, because of the talent. But then, you know, I watched the post-game presser with Durant, and I just don't think he cares all that much. What did he say? So I didn't see well, it. Well, it just, it just visually, just kind of – it does. It, if you saw LeBron, to give LeBron credit, if he were swept like that – He'd be upset. You know, he'd be perturbed. Yeah, he'd see it on his face. You can tell he's pissed off with what the Lakers ha- with what happened to the Lakers yeah. this year, and with Durant, it's just kind of oh hum. Yeah, I won't, maybe that's that's a stretch, but I, I just don't think it bugs him enough. I'm sure it does, but not to the level of like the all time greats. Yeah, and know? how many guys in the league now qualify as like how many guys would be really pissed off? Not, yeah, not a good yeah, enough share. Yeah, the, the, maybe a handful of guys that you're talking Chris about. Paul? The, you're talking about the best guys. Giannis, because I'm sure it, it, it. I would say more than half the league it bugs people. I, I would say Jason Tatum if, is entering they, that realm. Jason, Giannis, Jason absolutely. Chris Paul. Uh, Chris Paul, yes. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they, there are there are some definite alphas. Uh, LeBron's one of them. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Steph yeah. Curry. For uh, sure. But they're. Uh, Embiid should be on that list now with how he's he been playing. He messed up his thumb. I'll put Clay Thompson on that list too. That would be but – Toronto deserves some credit because it looked like they were just going to win one I, game uh, and, and be out. And I don't know. I, I shouldn't be surprised series. with Durant's reaction, but I, I, I was. It, it's nothing he said. It's just – I. he it just gives off this vibe that it's kind of like, oh, we saw this coming, no big deal. For a guy who's as good as he is, it's disappointing that he can't get more. Yeah. Well, and it was – the press conference was odd because it was, well, I don't know what to do about guys not being allowed to play at home and other guys being hurt and never really gelling. And I'm not really making excuses because this happens across the league, but that was what it was this year, maybe with an off season. And then into next year, we can have more time to gel and come together. It was like, I, I'm not making excuses, but here's the excuse. And I don't want to make excuses, about, but here's the excuse. And their coach is going to get fired, right? Well, here's the thing, too. You can't go with the, we didn't have time to coalesce and, right. and, and gel over the course of the season while also arguing load management. Like, th- yeah. This is what you play for. Like You've been around long enough. You've had a bad injury before. You are there to perform in the playoffs and get in however you can and go on a run, and you've got the talent to go on a run. So you can't get in and then say, well, we didn't have enough time together. Well, they I feature- agree they didn't, but they didn't have enough time together. But you can't say that and then also argue, but our stars need to sit out a number of times throughout the season. At they, the expense of that coalesce. Yes. They led the league in isolation offense. So I, I, the whole cohesion thing is BS. Yes. 
they they pass it and clear out, and it's one on one. And is that basketball. by design, or is that That's because by design, they don't because buy Because of their in. players. I mean, if you watch, Durant can create a shot. Kyrie can create his own shot. I mean, they have multiple players that can do that. Um, they went cold. Uh, the, the, you know, the first the first game that we all heralded as like the best playoff game we'd seen when Kyrie's going back and forth. He has 18 fourth quarter points in Boston, and he's answering everything, and he's throwing the double birds. That was great. They they shot the lights out in that game, and, since and then, then they went cold after and were swept. Now they were also lost game one. I should also give Boston credit. They lost. They they won that game too. But I'm I'm referring to the the, the whole cohesion thing when you lead the league in isolation, <laughs> ISO. Like I I don't know how much you have to actually be together for that to work. That's also I don't want to watch that. That, that's the least interesting form of basketball. Uh, I disagree. I, I'll watch. I'll watch game one every single night. I'll watch that offense every right. single night. Well, that was one though. I'm, I'm talking that's over them. the course of a season. If you're telling me this team plays the most isolation basketball, I'm less well, interested in that team than I'm going to be in a team that throws the ball around, creates open shots with movement and passing. Now, that, that. that's not to say that every other team is closer to a college game. The no, shot clock does not allow you for more than two passes offensively. But the, 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 the nets clearly are based on spread two out. guys who can isolate. And create a well. shot. And to their credit, I mean, they have the players to do it. I just wish it bugged them more. Well, get ready for the fall. Kyrie's be, back, by the way. He says he's yeah. going to sign an extension. And he's also said that he's going to help build the roster. So he's apparently GM now I'm also. Recruiting. Um, well, they may be looking for a coach also because it sounds like he's going to be a fall guy. Yeah, Nash. Steve, Steve Nash. Steve Nash is going to be the fall guy is what I, 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 I'm guessing. And I hate that because I love Steve Nash and hope it works out. But And you want to talk about was, somebody who's hands were tied. That was pathetic. And I, I, I don't get the sense there's enough embarrassment about going into that series and getting swept. Now, on the flip side of that, Jason Tatum is a superstar. Mm-hmm. I'm watching that He's game, and he is making shots, making plays happen. Defending. Showing a toughness yep. that no one for the net showed all series. He defended Durant at, at times. They were extremely physical well. with Durant. And, you know, you're not going to call every foul no. or every travel in the NBA. <laughs> Take advantage of it. Or any well, travel or in any, the NBA. Or any <laughs> travel in the NBA. Let me go ahead and give you a name right now. I have not read this anywhere. I'm sure it's out there already. But uh, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets – I am calling one person, and that is Jay Wright, to be my next head coach. Yes. I don't think he's done. He's spoken recently, yesterday, that he's given some indications that he may entertain an NBA offer if it comes his way. Yes. Oh, so it's not about family, just like Brady. I'm surprised by that. Because we need to spend more time with my family, but you know, we also really like Brooklyn. <laughs> just throwing that out there, just in case. Yeah. Well, you know, the I think he'll only hurt his legacy. I think he I mean He's not going to hurt his legacy if he goes and wins a title for the Brooklyn Nets in one of two years. If he's Kyrie Irving's going to listen to Jay Wright? Jay Wright's been involved with Team USA for I years. I think he'll listen to him. Yeah, you think uh, the pros would have listened to Coach K? Yes. No. Yes, we saw it at Team USA. Yeah, well, Team USA is a different circumstance. It's pro athletes. Yeah, they, they listen to guys like that. There's a certain respect level for the very top of the game. Now, uh, is the hardliner guy – that comes in that hasn't done it that long of a time going to the NBA going to be hurt. Billy Donovan, they, players listen to him, you know, in the NBA. He won a couple national championships. They'll listen to Jay Wright. I would hope, but I think there's a danger. All it takes is one guy and a bad two weeks. 
You know what I'm saying? But Jay Wright's also smart enough to not come in and, and be holier than thou with the team. Oh, I know. He's going to establish a culture, and they're, they're going to listen to it for that reason. And, yeah, he coached with Coach K on, on Team USA. So some of those guys would be familiar with him if might he goes well to the right go, spot. Might as well go hire Wayman Fisdell again. Let him, you know, jump on another team. Who's the uh, former player that's an assistant right now that's going to get the next opportunity? I, <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, though, let's count the guys in the NBA that you throw out there and say, boy, every player on every roster in the league is going to respect this guy's authority as the head coach. Is there one? Well, you could drop him into the nets and win. I, I mean, mean you've I, got I, I say that. I mean, two of the best players on earth. Steve Kerr, I think, has the respect of the Warriors, but he's also not someone who's saying it's my way or the highway. Greg Popovich, he's fading. Yeah. And I guarantee you, Greg Popovich has guys on that roster that don't want to play for him. I mean, he's faded since Duncan's retired because his team hasn't been good. I'm sure he's respected, but his team's not good anymore. Well, he was. Whenever Kawhi left, it was well after Duncan retired. As Kawhi demanded to get out, that was whenever the team really turned towards yeah, where I they just, ended up now. It's a weird spot to be in as an NBA head coach. I look at some of the guys on the sideline and I think, man, this this guy looks like he's doing a lot. This guy looks like he's doing yeah. nothing. And uh, I don't know that this guy has the complete attention of his team. They do all those mic'd up segments. Uh, on the sideline, and sometimes you get some good things. I mean, sometimes I'm watching Steve Kerr even in the huddle, and it's like, guys, uh, get back on defense. Let's just get back on defense. Well, there was it's very elementary. There what you're was saying. one we shared of a Spolstra the other day mm-hmm. where there was crosstalk between two players who were basically fighting across his huddle that he didn't even seem to be aware of while he had the attention of some other guys. So you're talking to a couple of guys. Well, that was okay. I'll take the attention I can get of a quarter of my yeah, team. Yeah, that was Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler, and apparently that is the thing. That's like John Henderson getting smacked in the face right. by the trainer. Udonis Haslam is there to f- to uh, get in the man. face of Jimmy Butler and nearly fight him. <laughs> hype man. Yeah, like he's like yelling at him on the sideline, and Butler responds yeah, to it by yelling about, back. But so think Spolstra about, just lets that happen while oh, he talks to the other Spolstra, guys. Spolstra, man, the the, the heat. That that sounds the, easy, like to be the hype man. But he's got to do that every single night they play. He's like so. Got to get you, up for that. How do you do it again? How like do you, you fake you get a him, confrontation? You get him to the brink of throwing a punch, and then you've accomplished Go your job, down. right? Because then he goes out and tears it up. But then two nights later, you've got to come up with another way to maybe agitate two timeouts him. later. Yeah, maybe two timeouts later. The Heat they go hard. <laughs> they really do. They go hard in the paint. I watch those sidelines. I'm thinking, who knew Eric Spolstra was such a badass <laughs> when he's almost getting a fight with the guys and then Haslam, he's not even responding no. to Haslam, just barking at Jimmy Butler, right calling him, him everything but his brother on the sideline right there. And Butler standing up, getting his face. Don't even care. I, I, I like <laughs> that this was Heat a team. weird. I didn't know any of that. I, and I just thought I, that is a I never weird thought I'd be a Miami Heat fan. Uh, I was out on the Heat the moment the, the big three went to Miami, but now I'm becoming a Heat guy when I watch this sideline. These altercations. I'm all sons. we got Dan Dockage coming up, um, and we'll, we'll hit some of the headlines, including Jay Wright, and uh, we'll talk NFL draft with him. The, the, go ahead, Chad. Are you rooting for – one more NBA note. Are you rooting for another animal rights protester to try to take the court for this series to keep going and many, Minneapolis to have another person storm the court well, just to see how they're handled? Can again? they up their game, the protesters? Because they seem to be losing badly. Well, I mean, I don't know what they're supposed to uh, – now – The glue needs to stick. Well, they're on high alert. 
Well, you had one person chain the themselves to the basket. Need to, to work better. The, the protesters need to well, get a win. Well, it's also the, the entire building has united against the protesters. Oh, yeah. There's so the video, the, the video from the fellow yeah. protester when the woman tried to take the court from the second row and got tackled, I mean, everyone in the front row turns and just starts trying to knock the phone out of the woman's hand when she's trying to film it. And you just hear her going, uh, excuse me, but I paid for this seat. It's my right for this seat. Please do not do that. That's all you hear the whole time. So when you have the entire, is it still the Target Center? I think it is. When Maybe. you have the entire is, Target as as Center. We, Hunt and I have been there for a game. It's a nice, it's a nice center. I was it's, home it's throwing nice. up. It, it's, it, it's exactly what you'd expect. I was back at the hotel You're back throwing, up. throwing up, not responding. <laughs> um, I mean, it's tough to get what you want done as a protester they, uh, when the whole place is, not, is against you. I mean, I'm My rooting for the part. protester so that the protester could bring more hatred upon it. I want it to last longer. Well, they need to make it a. They need to embrace it as a team then, and make it like a an arena protest event. Night. Sacrifice protest the night. Yeah. The it's game. like <laughs> it's like the uh, the opposing you know the opposing mascot getting tackled. I mean, the, the, my yeah, favorite like part wasn't even the tackle. It was they drugged this woman out and just smeared her all over the floor. Yeah. Like she just lost the last duel. She got court to Matt burned. Damon. <laughs> court they burned. just drug her out. You know. And Threw her to the streets <laughs> as, as she deserved. I mean, that, that's how they should have treated the woman who tried to glue herself to the floor. Yeah. Uh, just, because that's how any one of us running on the floor would have been treated tackled, arrested, thrown out. Think I how think how fast it is that the crazy glue it, didn't well, have time to work. You saw the rare moment where security guards showed a little restraint with the first one and was nice. And then I think they just got the directive that said, if they are on our court, you can do whatever you want to them. Well, the difference. So you can throw them out however you want. You can do whatever here. you want. The moment they trespass and go on that court, that is our territory. The and big you do what difference you want. in this one versus the first one was the, the woman who tried to glue herself to the floor. That happened during a timeout. This woman ran onto the floor as the ball was Tip being off. inbounded right oh. in front of them. And so the players are coming up the floor, and all of a sudden they see this woman getting tackled, and the players are just kind of skipping over them. You know, and then these the players' reaction at was one great. point it like was very the nonchalant. Knees, the knees in the middle of the back, and they're trying to like cover, and you can tell like the guy was told like just get her off the floor. So they just they took drug her, her. Just drug her straight off the floor, straight through the the uh, the corridor and out the door. Is the owner to gonna, the vast cold of Minneapolis yeah, in the just, Twin Cities? They don't no even jacket, they don't arrest her. They just kick her to the curb <laughs> and take her jacket from her and, and, and make her stand out there cold. Uh, do they just completely embrace it and go Pedro Serrano and sacrifice a chicken <laughs> pregame that half court to get the crowd going? Remember, I he think, had to have a whole chicken. They had to I sacrifice a whole chicken. What's the score of that? The series? protester minute. It's time for the protester minute at the Target Center. Today's to everyone target. who wants to protest, come on out. And yeah. it's like the gladiators. Is that serious? They're definitely not going to be roasting throwing, the chicken. They're throwing oh. the Christians to the lions, but in this case, it's that would cause more protests. Animal rights protesters thrown to T Wolves fans <laughs> before the game. Who will step up and challenge this 105 pound woman that wants to protest tonight? In this corner, that would be incredible to watch. It's two to two. Who will not wear the ribbon? I was like, I don't. I, I haven't even once mentioned the uh, what what they're pro- they're protesting the owner. Like and, euthanized uh, a bunch of chickens because yeah, of bird flu. Correct, and they're they're you know. And this woman's pro spread of bird flu. It's part of PETA, for what I understand. Like uh, the humane and ethical um, euthanization of animals, or something. I I don't know, but the like 
if you're protesting something, you're hoping that you get word out about the cause, and all all they're doing is becoming a viral moment for <laughs> how they're joke. removed it's from the arena. Like it's, yeah. a, it's instead, a joke. Instead, they've become a training video for other security personnel. Yeah. In other this is how you act fast. <laughs> this right here, this is the proper form tackle. Now, look how he puts the knee into the lower back. You see the sciatica <laughs> really blowing back. And look, look how they avoid the broken wrist yeah. by quickly grabbing the zip other arm and putting it back there with a the zip, zip tie. tie. Very and then fast. now watch as he just subtly grabs the hair of the woman and drags her out like a mop. And instead of with a mop handle, you drag it out by the mop itself and then throw her to the curb. This is well executed. That's what these women have become. Training video. Up next, Jacob Swanson. We're going to send him. We're going to send him to medicine. Could you evade these guys briefly? Uh, he would do a heck of a lot better job than yeah. that woman did of evading this, this person. I mean, they don't sure. even try to evade, though, do they? It well, doesn't the, seem to be part of their repertoire. What the happens? Oh, don't no, they're not, they're not. I don't know what she would have done, though. No I don't know what attack. she was trying to do because she was tackled two steps onto the floor, and the, the guy floor. was ready. He was sitting like three seats down and jumped through the bench. Oh, I mean, it was amazing. And tackled her as, as right as she the went on the floor. reflex So was I don't incredible. know what she was trying to do. She didn't have anything in her hands or anything. I think she was more... Uh, she, she got two she steps onto the court and got hit. She was wearing a hoodie or a jacket, from what I remember. Yeah. And so I don't know what she was wearing underneath. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll find Chicken out. Soup. We'll find out at the next home game for your Minnesota well, T Wolves. So, what happens when we've seen football players tackle you know people who run onto the court before? What happens when one of these basketball players just sees just punts them? Yeah, I mean, or just shoves them down, you know, as hard as they can when they come on the court right next to them. What would Kyrie do? Oh gosh, <laughs> well, Rick Monday, you know, shoved those flag guys aside and ran away with their flag. Well, I, I guess I ask this: Is there such thing as assault? If someone, if, if you you're in, a, if you're in an ground. NBA game and you come running onto the court towards a player, well, we've seen football players put a shoulder. That's into what I just said. Oh, we've yeah. seen. Yeah. I, I was talking about the football. We've seen him tackle. But I'm saying, if a woman runs up to someone and a six foot ten guy just pie faces the woman on the court because they're running at him, is it an assault charge? I, I think he would be more gentle than that. You could just grab her by the. Well, you would think, shirt, but I mean, who right? who knows Polish. what's going to happen? Like, what would the would there be a charge? Would there be grounds? To press charges, if you're the protester, how would that be handled? Surely somebody would complain. I don't. I'm know not asking for this grounds. to happen. I'm just is it, if this series continues, it feels like you're and if Minnesota to continues to win, this may be something we're confronted. Don't you with. feel like he's asking for it to happen? I mean, somehow they're getting in. I, I, as long as uh, well, buying it, tickets. it involves one protester, and we get to, and they continue to show us how they're being removed. Like it, that's entertaining. It's more entertaining the game sometimes. Especially if it's happening in the second quarter. Well, the fact that you we know, get if it's to see not the final videos. three minutes of the fourth quarter, give me You'll more protests it. trying to get on the floor at the Target Center. It's better than the Nets. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm rooting for the series to continue now. <laughs> I was all in on Memphis, but we'll now get, I'm all in on Minnesota just to keep playing. So I, I wonder who's the player in Indianapolis? Dan Dockich is on every day in Indy and, and across the Outkick Network. Who's the player in Indianapolis that Colts fans? would point to as the player they would be drafting had they not traded for Carson Wentz and given up the first-round draft pick. We'll ask Dan that question. We'll get his take on Jay Wright and much more. Dan Dockich is next. Don't at me next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. 
Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Dan Dockett's coming up on Outkick 360. So the letter has been published, Major League Baseball's letter to the Yankees. And I don't know how it'll be received. They were fined $100,000, that much we do know from the letter. But uh, let me read this through the investigation from the league that has been published through SNY. Um, During our investigation, this is Major League Baseball in their letter to the Yankees. During our investigation of the Red Sox misconduct, redacted, Paul, you, you may know who this is, redacted informed the Department of Investigations that the Yankees used a similar scheme to that of the Red Sox to decode opposing club signs and relay them to the batter when a runner was on second base. Redacted, who initially noticed that the Red Sox were using a smartwatch to pass information to their players, admitted to the Department of Investigations that during the 2015 season and the first half of the 2016 season, Redacted provided information about opposing club signs to players and members of the coaching staff in the replay room at Yankee Stadium, who then physically relayed the information to the Yankees' dugout. They also admitted that during the same time period in certain stadiums on the road where the video room was not proximate to the dugout, used the phone in phone line in the replay room to orally provide real-time information about the opposing club signs to Yankees coaches on the bench. The Yankees' use of the dugout phone to relay information about the opposing club signs during the 2015 season and part of the 2016 season constitutes a material violation of the replay review regulations. This is not new. This is known. Uh, Yankees, got, Yankees and Red Sox both got in trouble for this, which is what made the league put in harsher rules about this, which the Astros then broke, which made the Astros thing much more serious, is my understanding. And as Buster only wrote, um, this is why the league was kind of surprised that the Yankees were putting up a fight about this letter. They thought they'd just let them come out because as only says, this is rather, the whole thing's rather benign. Well, so providing... Sign information in real time to the dugout and to the players was one of the things listed there. How's that different from what the Astros were doing? Well, the rule about doing this changed. So the technology came into play. Of course, Major League Baseball didn't stay up with the times so that these the, the, image, well, this- the images became available in the clubhouse. The Yankees and the Red Sox were amongst the teams that started using it improperly, but there was no rule in about using it. And so the Yankees and the Red Sox were using it to get information. Then major leagues came in, punished them for it, and put in harsher rules about it. 
Then the Astros went and did it anyway after the and rules. And apparently were the Red put Sox, in. who were also punished harsher than 100 grand. Yeah, the Red Sox were using Apple Watches, and the Yankees were using, I think, just a visual system. Yeah, but the Apple, whatever the watches were, were taking place at the same time the Yankees were doing this, yeah. according to this letter. I, I, think the, I think the Red Sox thing was more technologically yeah, were, savvy than so, what the Yankees were doing. Yeah, and in, in a quote, at that time, use of the replay room to decode signs was not expressly prohibited by MLB rules as long as the info was not communicated electronically to the dugout. Uh, but it That's goes on Sox to say were. the Yankees were, were not penalized for sign stealing, but were penalized for improper use of the telephone in the replay room. Okay, so they were using the phone. The Red Sox went an extra step and used Apple Watches, which was the technology. Then the rules got hardened, and then the Astros went to the garbage can thing when they're not supposed to be using the replay room at all. Well, they're all cheaters. I mean, it's various levels of cheating. Oh, and then, then I mean, they all got fined. They all got be, caught cheating. There also wouldn't be three other teams doing this. I mean, I'm sure a number yeah, of other I'm teams. I'm sure are doing yeah, others got away with it, but caught. they got caught. But the Astros were the worst offenders because the rule had been hardened. You weren't supposed to be doing anything out of that room, and the Astros continued to do things out of that room and got burned for it. I strenuously object. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't I, just object. Along, no, I strenuously all object. All along, I didn't think this letter was going to be that bad. Because the indications were, and I don't know why the Yankees put up such a fight about it, because they don't come out of it looking that bad. This stuff was known. In their statement Tuesday, the Yankees said they fought the release of the letter to, quote, prevent the incorrect equating of events that occurred. Yeah, which is probably what's going to happen now. But I think if they didn't fight it, it would have been as less. As opposed like- to speculation as of what occurred, which is even worse. Yeah, I mean, I, if, if I'm the Yankees, I would just say... Judging by the reaction, yeah, we we were ahead of the cheating curve. Yeah, we paid a hundred grand. Yeah, we forced a rule for Major League Baseball with our cheating, so we should be congratulated. Dan Dockich, he doesn't cheat you on "Don't at me." Tells it like it is. Mornings the- across the Outkick Network. Dan, hope you're well. Where are you in a closet somewhere? What's happening? <laughs> No, I, I, I had to turn this background on, but it takes forever for this little eye, whatever thing it is, to charge up. So it's a train wreck. I'm sweating. I got all kind of things. Someday I'll tell you exactly what has transpired in the last 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. But I can't do it on air. It's that bad. Sounds hey, exciting. Dan, I, I want to know, who is the player on, on the phone calls you take for your show in Indianapolis? Um, who's the player that the Colts would be selecting or the, that the fans want this year but they can't have because they traded for Carson Wentz and that pick became a first-round pick to Philly? Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, someone of that ilk. You know, I think that a wide receiver with some speed is, is something that, you know, right here in Indy, we, we need. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, he probably still fast, but he can't stay healthy. The rest of the Colts... Wide receivers are, you know, slow-ish. There's no proven downfield threat. You got Pittman who can catch a first down. But, you know, Ashton Doolin has only 13 catches, 100 and some yards. So I think that's what it would be. You know, now, second round, we'll see. But, uh, you know, when you project or look at projections, maybe a tight end, maybe the kid, you know, out of uh, Ohio State or maybe the Dulcich kid out of UCLA. Somebody that can be a playmaker on the offensive side, I think, is what everybody here feels is essential. That's number 16, which now belongs to Indianapolis. So what's the excitement level for number 42 
And how certain are people that that's going to be a wide receiver given uh, the desperation at that position? Uh, no, no excitement about it at all. I think that people here, you know, you, you, you got to understand, man, Indianapolis, we, we still don't, I say it all the time, we don't really value winning. We value cap space and good PR. Uh, I don't think there's that, that whole lot of interest. I think that people are like, well, wake me up when the draft is over. Hey, you're going to have whoever's picked uh, come on the show. Yeah. Okay, good. Because when you get a conversation going, like unlike other towns, you know, uh, a lot of people know the seventh-rated tackle. You know, Indianapolis kind of like, yeah, all right, well, you know, we got cap space. We got the greatest general manager in the history of the world, and Peyton Manning played here. That's enough for us. Yeah, we'll believe in whoever that's they give we us. Got. We'll, 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 we will buy into whoever they deliver us. You I, know, draft night, let, that's who we're going to go with. I already, 100%. We believe in this guy. I already wrote it. I already. We have an ad going where it's uh, – Hey, uh, I already did the draft recap for my guys Holder and Kiefer and all the rest. Uh, you know, uh, they're the guys with the athletic and all the little kids with the star. It's already, ha, I can't believe this guy fell to us. This is the guy the Colts wanted the whole time. He fits in perfectly. I mean, it's every year uh, with the Colts and this, uh, this media market. It's the softest media market in the world. In Ballard, we all trust, uh, or they all trust. Uh, regardless that we're 42 and 42 in the regime. So whoever the Colts draft fits in perfectly. It's the guy that fell to us, and I can't believe he was there. Automatic. Chad, it's first round there it is. First round value for the second the, round pick of the Indianapolis. I mean, well, maybe even the a fifth round pick. Yeah, the third or fourth round there's, pick. They're, they're shocked this guy didn't go in the first round. There's the beautiful backdrop, too. No, it's, it's there. Hey, hey fire yes, up. Yes, thank you. I mean, people. Yeah, people here are excited because we got, you know, nobody wants to say, hey, how dumb are you bringing in Carson Wentz? Uh, don't tell me that Frank Reich's the quarterback whisperer. Frank Reich's had like five quarterbacks. They all stink, and they stink <laughs> worse when they get to him, although Rivers was all right. But now Frank Reich's the quarterback whisperer. So we got, we got a quarterback whisperer that doesn't teach quarterbacks to be any better than they were. Jacoby Brissett comes to mind. Uh, Jacob Eason comes to mind. This last guy comes to mind. Uh, you name it. And we got every draft choice we have is great. Not good. Not good. Quiddy Pay was great last year because one week Pro Football Focus said that he was the third rated defensive lineman in the, of the week. We're great here. Don't worry about us. Well, something that, was, something that was not great was the Nets' performance in the playoffs. Who is most Ooh. to blame? For this failure, Dan, I, I want a direct answer. One person, one entity. You could blame the league for the the hypocrisy of the rule with Kyrie Irving during the season. Whoever you want to blame: Steve Nash, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. I don't care who is the top person or thing to blame for a complete failure from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Steve Nash, and you know, if you're going to go mafia, then you got to go the guy that hired Steve Nash, right? But Steve Nash being in there with absolutely no experience trying to handle this team. Look, anybody can handle the team where nothing goes wrong. Anybody can handle a team where everything is smooth. But if you're going to be the multi-million dollar coach and come in there as the guy with no experience, this is who the players wanted, hey, let's go in crunch time. I thought he liked to, looked like a deer in the headlights. Uh, he had no look about him that said he had any kind of adjustment to be made. 
I thought the coach of the uh, Celtics just absolutely obliterated Kyrie Irving. I thought he absolutely crushed Kevin Durant by being physical with him. And I thought Steve Kerr stood there on the sidelines looking like a guy who's a soccer player. He did. He, he had great hair like a soccer player, great in shape like a soccer player. He is a soccer player. But unfortunately, they needed a big-time basketball coach to stem this tide. Now, having said that, it was, if you want to give it a backhanded compliment, about as close a sweep as you could possibly have. Uh, who cares? That's like being the most handsome man at the Dockett's family reunion. <laughs> it just doesn't hold much water. But anyway, at the end of the day, hey, Cur- hey, uh, Steve Nash, are you coaching or are you playing coach? And I thought he got his backside whooped today, yesterday, the day before, the day before that, and had abs- He looked like Marcus Freeman of Notre Dame in that bowl game. Marcus Freeman in that bowl game looked like he was so far, a Notre Dame's head coach, looked like he was so far over his own head, like, what am I doing out here? Nash looked like that the entire time. I think Steve Nash is the guy that if I were the owner, I'd be like, hey, pal, hit the road. We're going to figure this out. How would Jay Wright look as the Brooklyn Nets head and I don't, coach? And I don't ever say that. Hey, uh, I asked Jay Wright today. He came on my indie show. First question I had is, hey, how are you going to play LeBron? Are you going to play LeBron <laughs> in the post? Are you going to play LeBron? You know, and he just started laughing, right? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I got the sense, and I think he was on with uh, – whatever that ridiculous morning show is on ESPN. I, I think that uh, he, uh, I think he, he's probably going to give it a year and then take a look at the NBA. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think he would look great as a Brooklyn Nets coach. Um, I think it'd be a good situation. I think if these guys uh, have half a brain, and I think that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant do, they understand that they've been embarrassed. So when you get embarrassed, you got two options, right? You run, crawl, and hide, or you stand up and you fight and you figure it out. So it'd probably be a good situation. But it sounded to me today on my show, and I was asking about his kidding with him, but it sounded to me like he's going to take a year and figure it all out. Let's go back to the draft for a second. Um, are you a believer for teams that don't have a quarterback, that they're obligated to take the best quarterback they could get and try? Or if you got a crappy quarterback class... Are you okay if a team that needs a quarterback, Carolina and Atlanta, Detroit even, that, that you pass on it and say, hey, we'll get good people here to surround the quarterback that we get later when we feel like we've got better options? A crappy, here's how I've always looked at it, Paul, and you tell me if you agree. A crappy quarterback class means the guy you're going to draft, uh, unless you, know, you think he's the first pick in the draft, uh, isn't going to be great. So let me ask you a question. If a quarterback isn't going to be great and you're sitting there in Detroit and you got Jared Goff, okay, there's no way that this should happen. There's no way a mediocre quarterback should be able to beat out Jared Goff in whatever year he is in in the league and, frankly, his second year with Detroit. There's just no way this should happen. So I would be the kind of guy that said, nah, we're not just taking a guy. I don't want to be married to some guy that isn't very good or isn't our future. That's just how I would look at it. You know, I would try to get my team to the point where we can win. You know, everybody kind of points and uses the term game manager. I'd say, look, we're going to figure this out. We're going to adjust our scheme to this guy's strength, whether it's golf or, you know, whoever you want to, whoever you want to say, Davis Mills, whatever. Uh, I would, I would make sure that my team has other strengths and I would make damn sure that I did whatever I could 
to put my guy in the best situation. But I don't want to be married to a guy that I don't believe in. Now, if he's a fourth-round pick, hey, what the heck, let's go. But, if, you know, like one of these guys like Matt Carroll, unless you're totally, uh, you know, convinced that that dude can play, I don't know why you would take him even, at, you know, at the end of the first round, whatever. You better be daggone per, uh, convinced in my way of looking at it. Because you, you can't tell me that Sam Darnold isn't better than one of these mediocre guys coming out. I'm not saying Sam Darnold is better, you know, than uh, Patrick Mahomes coming out or someone like that, but not these guys. I'm with you, but I don't touch a fourth-round quarterback either. He's not doing anything. Well, that's, what, that's again, that we have the greatest general manager in the world, and he went and got a fourth-round quarterback in Jacob Eason, and Jacob Eason the next year got beat out by a seventh-round or sixth-round quarterback <laughs> in Sam Ellinger. But remember, we have the greatest general manager in football, according to national media. Don't at me with Dan Dockich mornings across the Outkick Network. Dan, get back after it. We appreciate the time today. We'll chat soon. Beautiful backdrop, too. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for turning on. Hey, you guys, hey, you guys are the best. See ya. Yeah. Same. He's the best. Dan so Dockich. Uh, mornings across the Outkick Network, uh, what, 9 to 11 Central, 8 to 10 Eastern. Am I getting that 9 right? 9 to 11 Eastern, 8 to 10 Central. Oh, there you go. Just had it in reverse. Yes. Look at chat. Mastering really the that Really wasn't hard. 8 to 10 <laughs> Eastern. Yes. 8 to 10 Eastern. 9 to 11 Central, 8 to 10 Eastern. Every day. Uh, we're going to hit some uh, headlines that have developed over uh, the last couple of, what, segments since we, we did our headlines at the top of the hour. Uh, including some of the the teams who are discussing through their general manager, through the media, uh, their overall view of the draft class. We, we've we heard from several of them already. Fontenot, uh, one. Fontenot is one of them who is answering some questions right now about quarterback for Atlanta. We'll discuss that next on Kick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Falcons selecting within the top 10 of the first round. Of course, last year they went to Kyle Pitts at number four overall. They've traded Matt Ryan. They've signed Marcus Mariota. And Terry Fontenot, the general manager, is being asked about quarterback. Or not just in the top ten, but you know wherever they could slot throughout this draft. Because if you start looking at their depth chart, it makes sense why you would want to draft a quarterback with Josh Rosen as your backup. <laughs> it would also make sense to draft them extremely early in this draft, too. Um, they have five picks in the top 82 selections. So to package something together after your round one pick, could you move up and get a guy that falls the second round? Sure. But Fontenot is being asked about this uh, for, the, for the first round pick, Paul, and he's, he's answering it as diplomatically as you would expect. We could yeah. add a quarterback. And, and they want to add something to the room, which, like you said, is obvious. I mean, their backup is playing. Marcus Mariota is not going to play a 17-game season, and Josh Rosen is no solution. Well, knowing that, I, like, this comes down to Arthur Smith. Is Arthur Smith pairing himself with one of these rookie quarterbacks long-term? And 
you know, is it Kenny Pickett, who I've mentioned for him for months, goes back to the SEC championship game where we were in Atlanta. Um, Malik Willis, who continues to rise. Do they surprise all of us um, and, and those covering the league? And, and they're the first team to select a quarterback. Many don't believe it because of their holes at other spots, and they, they view Mariota as this bridge guy to get them to the next quarterback. But if Arthur sees the next quarterback in this draft, they're taking him. What is it? Seven or eight? Where they select eight? Eight. They, they draft right after forty. The their second pick is forty third. Uh, now the Lions draft thirty second, thirty fourth. Right. The Jaguars. Uh, I mean, uh, the the um, Seattle is fortieth and forty first, back to back there in the second round, and and they're also really shaky at quarterback. So, if the quarterbacks slip. Um, you know, they got some people in front of them in the second round also, but maybe you'd see them deal up from 43 to get a guy that lasts. They don't want to admit this. Um, if you pass on a quarterback at eight, you're conceding anyway. Like maybe you're doing that. You're, maybe the, and that's, that's the case anyway, based on the way their defense is structured. Um, I, and if you want to talk value, I would look to trade back and take Jamison Williams. I think it's a double concession. I, I mean, I think you can concede like uh, we're not going to be very good this year and concede like these quarterbacks aren't very good this year. Because yeah, if you're taking Malik yeah. Willis at eight, he's not helping you this year anyway, right? Well, unless you're, you know, it, 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 at eight versus 20, right? Like if Malik Willis goes to Pittsburgh, it's going to be the greatest selection in the history of the NFL draft based on how the media will portray this. I mean, does Malik Willis have some bad injury that I'm not aware of? No, but the general consensus is he needs Screw a the general year. consensus. Let him learn on the field. You're right. going to suck anyways. Yeah, the consensus is. I mean, you're going to. Guys... How are you going to learn more as an NFL player? Sitting on yeah. the sideline with a clipboard, or being out there and learning? I'm not saying start game one, but he's going to play. Some mm-hmm. guys for get someone to dress him. A hit over the head, overwhelmed early, and it sets him back forever. Not every guy comes in and benefits from playing in week four. Yeah, but I also will say not everyone benefits from just sitting them. No. Even if there's a worse talent option ahead of them, where you're just, okay, we'll, we'll start this guy because he knows the playbook, but he sucks. Right. Well, start the guy that you drafted to be your franchise quarterback and then let him figure it out, and you've got coaches to help him figure it out. But there are guys who and play you're still too soon suck. and never recover. Well, there's the, also guys who play early and learn. And, I, I, and play. I'm saying, I would I'm saying if you draft him in the top ten, that's what I would do with him. Maybe not day one, but I would ease him into that. Similar to what you saw with Justin Fields in, in Chicago. Well, Justin Fields absolutely sucked last year. And so did Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not playing. Peyton Manning sucked his first year, Paul. Right. I'm not playing them to, to win a bunch of games year one. I want to start the clock with my rookie quarterback and get them as good as possible as quick as possible, I think the way to do that with the good ones, if you drafted a lemon, he's going to suck no matter what. And he's going to be mentally weak, and he's going to get hit a bunch his first year, and he's not going to be any good, and you're going to know it. I understand what you're saying, but there, there is a scenario where a good quarterback can get so broken in his first year that he doesn't recover. And I, I, I think that's possible that it could happen with Justin Fields. I just don't know that we can point to the quarterback that we would say, this guy would have been an all-time great, for this franchise or a 15-year pro for this franchise 
that was mentally broken in year one? Who? Uh, well, David Carr maybe could have been a decent quarterback. The, the, well, David Carr just never had an offensive line. I mean, it wasn't just well, year one. There was. If if they had sat, had the luxury of sitting him and okay, built then, an offensive line for oh, I him. See. I, well, I, I view he, it as he played. I mean, I'm looking at who he played for. Yeah. This he, is, uh, Arthur Smith paired with a rookie quarterback I trust. Ken Wisdom Hunt paired with Jake Locker. Is, was it a disaster? Jake Locker's screw. Well, Jake Locker was going like, to suck it, no matter what. Yeah, but uh, Wills Vitek was blocking J.J. Watt for Jake Locker because of the head coach, not because of Jake Locker. Like the the worst player to ever don a Titans uniform was blocking solo JJ Watt. My point is, it's not about where it's it's not about whether or not you get beaten up in your first season. It's who you're paired with, where you're headed. Well, well the other thing there's I a reason about- why Trey Lance is viewed as the second coming because he's paired with Kyle Shanahan. If he's in New York or if he's in Jacksonville, he's a complete bust right now. Well, the other thing I'd say about Malik Willis is. Uh, you know, based on this story I read, which I bought into, uh, an offense is going to need to be structured in a certain way for him. Well, it doesn't you have can't to do be that. Malik Willis. You it can't, can be Kenny Pickett. Well, I'm talking about Malik Willis, that you can't, that he needs a year. And you can't build the offense that he needs in a year. You've got to take some time to structure pieces and build that offense. But if you're going him. to lose anyway, which Atlanta is going to lose. Well, any team that takes some high is invent, probably going to lose. You, you, to me, you're investing in that guy. If you're willing to invest in the guy who needs a year because you believe he's going to become the player, then you take him. Same with Kenny Pickett and his small little hands. Well, I look, Atlanta is the example. If they draft Malik Willis, I could have Marcus Mariota run Malik Willis's eventual offense for the first five or six weeks and then ease Malik yeah, Willis into that offense that way. Or you know, it, Doesn't have to be the whole first season you're starting Mariota. It, it's... Uh, it's just you have to be sure that two years from now he's the guy that is your franchise is based yes. on. Yes, and, and that's a big jump. And that's Arthur Smith's call. Yeah, right. Um, it's just interesting they're willing to eat the salary of Matt Ryan for him not to be there to then be the guy that brings that player along. Right. Solutions to a, a big problem that a lot of teams have: quarterback. Is Atlanta taking them? Don't know. We'll have our answers Thursday. We'll preview the NFL draft tomorrow on Outkick 360. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks.